0: Good morning and welcome. I'm so happy to be with you in worship today. I'm Shay Ryanga if we haven't met. for all those who are here and watching with us in the cafe um, in a little while, um, it is a privilege to be here and I'm blessed to be one of the pastors here. And I want to dive right into scripture this morning. So please, if you brought your Bibles, open to the Gospel of John chapter 5. We'll also have them on the screens as well. Um, if this is your first week with us, we've been in the Gospel of John throughout our entire series. So we're moving from chapter 4 to chapter 5 today, verses 1 to 15. Sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five colored co- covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Do y'all have a chair? Like it's your chair or grandpa's chair or grandma's chair? Like do you have do you have a chair? Like my grandpa, my mom's mom, we call grandpa, he had a chair. And when he was still alive with us and when I was young, I would run and jump in his lap and make him read this Red Fire Dog book over and over and over again. I had like 100 books, but I just wanted him to read that one book over and over and over again. And now I have a two-year-old, I kind of understand this. Of all the books that Max has, it's two books that he wants me to read over and over and over again. And grandpa had his chair. And papa, my dad's dad, he had a chair and we where he would watch Walker Texas Ranger and Matlock in the Andy Griffith show or the news and clockwork would fall asleep five minutes into whatever we were trying to watch together five minutes in Papa's out and when Grandpa or Papaw weren't seated in their chair and it was empty because they were doing chores or they were working or running errands or whatnot. I had to beat my brother to sit in the chair. Like I wanted to sit in it because it just felt so special. It just felt like even as a kid, like honor, it it just, there was magic in that chair. Like, because if we, we think of those people in our lives who have meant so much to us, right? There was just something special. The chair was more than a chair, it was a window like into their life and everything that they represented to us. And so it was always special to get to sit in their chair this is Lindsay's grandma's chair so this is grandma's chair and even though this chair looks very different than it used to I can still when I sit in it hear grandma making sure asking in response to us trying to feed her and make sure she has enough to eat did did you make sure and add enough salt after about two tablespoons worth of salt still wasn't salty enough I can still kind of remember and hear some of the things she used to say when I sit in the chair. This is what the chair used to look like. And you can't really see it well. It's kind of blurry, thankfully, because even if you do prefer the floral pattern to this nice, neutral, refurbished, reupholstered chair, even if you prefer the floral pattern, um, you probably don't prefer the stains and the smell. that chair, this chair was discovered tucked away in an upstairs bedroom when we went down to move grandma out of Harlingen, Texas. She hadn't gone up the, stair, up the stairs in a very, very long time because it was too difficult for her to get up. So you can imagine in, a, in an old house, forgotten for years, um, what, what may have been absorbed in the fabric of that chair left alone for a long time and and now this chair is nice and clean because it's been completely recreated and reupholstered. We actually use it every single day so it stays clean and it's functional. We're in this sermon series called Story. And if this is your first week with us, we've been talking about the power of our story that every single one of us, even though some of us wanna say no, 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 this is not true, yes, 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 you have a story worth sharing. Because our stories, our identity, the significance of the plot in our story is significant because we're part of God's story, and God's changed our life and the trajectory of our life. He's made our lives new. So that means even the parts like we talked about last week and meeting the Samaritan woman at the well, as she represents us in parts of our story that we don't like to share, that we're ashamed of, that we don't want to talk about, those parts that aren't flattering, not full of achievement that even those parts of our story, when we seek God and when we understand that our story is part of God's story, He redeems and makes new even those parts of our story. And it becomes seamlessly whole. And so we talked about telling the whole truth in our story, even the parts that we're not quick to mention. And this week, as we talk about our story, we wanna focus on moving forward in our story. We wanna talk about moving forward in our story, because sometimes we get stuck. We get stuck. We're creatures of convenience. We're creatures of comfort. I mean, why get in the car when you can have it delivered? Why talk to anyone when you can direct message and text? Why? Why go outside when you're going to get all smelly and dirty? Why? Uh, why walk when you can drive? Why make any changes in your life when it comes to job or when it comes to anything if everything is kind of smooth and comfortable and convenient and everybody's getting along okay and everyone's getting to live the life they kind of want to live and I have to confess to you this morning that there have been times in my life when I've confused provision for purpose. And that sometimes we can get lulled into complacency and stuck in life if we confuse the provision of God for his purpose for us in our life. And there was a time when I had a different job and I was doing a pretty good job at it where I wondered some days whether or not I should do this (laughs) long-term. And I got stuck a little bit because we were getting to do some of the things we wanted to do. We could buy some of the things that we wanted to buy. And sometimes that's how we get stuck. Or if we think about last week in the Samaritan woman at the well, the the parts of our story that we're a little bit ashamed of, some of the things that have happened to us, it's tough to recover from that. And we can just stick our heads down and, and live in maintenance mode or survival mode. There are all kinds of reasons for us getting stuck in our story. The pool of Bethesda has this reputation of being a place of healing. It hasn't lived into its reputation very well. There used to be a lot of people that had debilitating issues gather there and we're told it doesn't seem like there's as many people that gather there because there's an infrequency now with the healing at this pool. But a lot of people used to come. It was a significant site not only for Jews but for pagans too. There was a pagan shrine to a pagan healing god there at this place. It was a place that got a a lot of foot traffic people would come and wash themselves. And for the Jews, it was believed that an angel of the Lord would come and stir the water up. And as the water would bubble, the first person to get in the water would be healed. So that's why there's all these people that come to this, used to at least, come to this pool. And there's been an infrequency. And we're told that this man in the NIV is translated as invalid. But most translations translate this word into ill. He's an ill man who's been stuck here 38 years. Some translations of scripture, the Greek word is asthenia. Asthenia. So weak Sick are other words that gets translated into other parts of Scripture. So this man is ill, this man is sick, this man is weak. He's not lame, he's not paralyzed, he's not blind. We know he's not deaf because when Jesus talks to him, he hears pretty well. So he doesn't have a greater degree of a kind of a debilitating condition as some of the others who may have once gathered around this pool. But he's been stuck in this spot for 38 years. Years? Can you imagine what he must have looked like? 38 years. I mean, we know with the material stuff in our lives, like the matter, the superficial stuff, what this stuff looks like when we neglect it for a long period of time. When we find things in our houses doing cleaning that fall through the cracks, and it's like, I didn't even know we had this mug, and what is, it's gross, what is, what's inside it? We understand when things sit left alone, not serving their purpose, just the simple things in life, the, the matter. And here's a human being, here's a human soul who hasn't lived into his purpose in a very long time, 38 years, and yet he's been able, he's been able to survive, his, he's been able to make a living, 38 years, he's been able to accumulate enough resources So there's more to this question, there's more behind this question when Jesus asks, this man and anyone who comes to this place of worship today feeling like they're you're just stuck, Jesus asks the question, do you want to get well? To anyone who feels stuck, to anyone who doesn't feel like you've been pursuing what you're called to pursue, do you want to get well? And answering this question is really crucial in moving forward in our story. Because in seasons of my life, when I had a job and I was asking these questions and unsure and feeling stuck, it, it took God giving me this holy discontent. If you've ever experienced that, this dispassion for the work, that it didn't cause me to quit or, or to not give my full effort, but it just, it was God helping me understand that this was a season of life. This wasn't permanent, that what I'd been called to, the purpose for my life to be a pastor was there, that my call hadn't changed. And it was this holy discontent that God gave me to help me understand the answer to this question for me was absolutely yes and it wasn't until I said yes that I could move forward I could move forward and pursue what I know God called me to pursue from the beginning and only God can move us forward in our story but we've got to want what God wants for our life. And that's a question for us. Do you want what God wants for your life? Because this man's answer is strange. It's a yes or no question. Do you want to get well? It's simple. And the guy doesn't answer it. He makes an excuse. He's like, well, well, I, I you know, the reason I'm not well is because there's not someone to help me get into the water to beat everyone to the, to the pool when the water stirred. I mean, that's the reason. And, and, and Jesus is like saying, there's no more excuses. No more excuses for staying in the same place. No more excuses. for for being and justifying and, 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 and providing an explanation for the spot that you're in that you haven't been able to get out of because the healer is here. The deliverer has come. No more excuses for being stuck. And some of us are stuck because we're fighting God's answer for our lives. We haven't even addressed this question, do you wanna get well? We've avoided the question altogether or we've answered no. (laughs) And we're stuck because we've been fighting up against God's answer for us, who who knows the plans that he has for us, who has plans for our welfare, who wants us to be well. (laughs) And, And yet we resist that. And Jesus is saying to this man, get up, get up. And I know there's somebody in here today that probably needs those two words from God. You need to hear that from God. Get up, pick up your mat and walk. Before James Brown said it, Jesus said it, get up, get up get up and move. We were made to move. We were meant for so much more than this, Jesus says. There's more people that need to hear the gospel. There's more marriages in need of reconciliation. There's more kids that need mentors in their life. There's there's more folks who are sick and powerless who need the power of the Holy Spirit. Get up. It's time to move. We need the Holy Spirit to burn away the adhesion in our life, that sticky mess that gets gets on the bottom of our shoes and keeps us anchored to the floor. Things like laziness and our pride and our success and some praise. We can get lulled into being stuck and it, with a lot of praise and success and it's kind of comfortable there. It's kind of nice to stay there sometimes. It's kind of nice and we need... It's time for us to work. We need the Holy Spirit to burn away all of that adhesion in our life so that we can move forward because we have a lot of work to do. And it's precisely this work that the man gets called out for. The man is healed and then immediately gets called out because it's the Sabbath. It's the Sabbath. God makes the world in seven days but he rests on the seventh and we are made in the image of God. We are not made to be machines. We are made to be creatures who rest and so it was understood there are things that you don't do on the day of rest on the Sabbath day and picking up someone's mat even though he was healed. Jesus is always getting in trouble for doing all this kind of stuff on the Sabbath and he heals this man and the man picks up his mat and he's called out for it because it's work and just like the Jewish leaders in in this passage you don't like time change either I know some of us struggle this morning we don't like time change this morning I mean I kind of like it and I used to like the fallback time but but the infants don't really adjust so well so I know some of us were up a little early this morning <laughs> but it's this time change the Jewish leaders don't understand that time changes is, is happening the clocks are moving forward Jesus is springing the clocks forward into a new time into a new creation time The gospel of John is often called the book of signs because it's full of signs of healing and new creation. There are seven signs that make up the first half of the gospel of John that points forward to the time when all will be well. The resurrection time, when there will eventually be a new heaven and a new earth. You see, it's daylight savings time. And if we really want daylight savings time and want to save daylight, it's best to follow Jesus. He's changing the time on these people. He's moving the clocks and he's, it's uncomfortable. They're not ready for it. And our passage today in John chapter five, it's the third sign of the seven signs. There's seven signs that symbolically represent the the seven days of creation. Only these are signs of new creation. And this is the third sign. This is day three. This isn't the seventh. This isn't the day of rest. Our time in this passage, it's time to work. We're living in a new time zone. And it's time to work. It's time to sow seeds of a new awakening. It's time for us to move forward. And some of us get discouraged because it's tough to know. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of forward momentum in our life. It's tough to tell sometimes what direction our life's headed, it's not always easy to know. And so what do we do when we don't know? And that's why we're here. This is the body of Christ where two or three or more are gathered. There I am. We need each other in a shared life together to encourage one another and listen to one another and speak the truth and love to each other. Because it's tough to know sometimes when we're stuck and we get nothing but bad news. And it's a, a bad diagnosis after a bad diagnosis. And we're making big decisions in the midst of that same season. And I've lived my life with seasons like that. And it's disorienting. It doesn't feel like moving forward. And the decision, you make you you receive other people's pain like it's your responsibility and it's arrogant to say that and to believe that but some of us I know feel that way I know I have it's like some of the mess that's going on going on in my family's life in the midst of seasons where I've made big decisions it's like God why why is all this happening like I this doesn't feel like moving forward and I needed Lindsay Kay and my brother and sister and many faithful men and women following Jesus to tell me Shay I know it doesn't feel like it but you're moving forward. You need to know that. And so it's important that we're there for each other because life is disorienting. The, the enemy tries to undermine us all over the place. And what's strange is, is sometimes these, the temptations and the forces of evil and, and all of these things that seem to go wrong in our life are actually signs of forward momentum. Because as we move forward, the enemy has to, has to step up and do more to try to undermine us. And so we face more temptation. We face more opposition. We see this guy, he gets well. He, he's healed. He's part of the new creation now and Jesus finds him. And he's like, look man, you're well again. Act like it. You're a new creation, stop sinning. And, and so for the faithful, moving forward means we've got to name and claim the sin in our life and get better at that and be on guard for all the kinds of temptation that's gonna come our way, that will continually come our way as we move forward. So adversity and trouble, as strange as it sounds, are sometimes signs of forward momentum. And we often have to be awake and aware that when we fight hard, to live a comfortable life. When we fight really hard for convenience and for for a conflict-free existence, we have to be careful that we don't get stuck there. We have to be careful that our pride doesn't puff up because the more we stay in those places, the harder it is for us to move forward. The more we get acclimated, the more time that we spend there, the harder it is for us to move forward as we get acclimated in new habits and thought patterns and, and we give domain to our pride and our comforts and all of those things, the more we get stuck, the more we stay there, the harder it is for us to move forward. And we, we understand that when it comes to simple things like furniture, <laughs> like as gross and as old and as forgotten the, this chair was. You know, the more we stay there, the more we've got to be broken down and taken apart and made new and cleaned up before we can move forward. The more stuff like a coffee mug gets stuck, forgotten for years with organic matter inside, the harder it is to clean the more it's there. And I have to confess, I'm not very sentimental when it comes to coffee mugs. We have too many of them in our house. So I try to discard them when I can. And what's funny is Beth Mallory found this coffee mug here on campus, the audio visual team Was doing invent has been doing inventory, and this coffee mug was found in some corner, and it's got coffee stains inside it and outside it, and I don't know how long this mug has been just stuffed away and forgotten. It's got a lanyard in it. It's got two AA batteries in it that I'm not going to touch and show you because I don't know how long it's been there. And it's what's funny. Something as simple and as small. And forgotten something that hasn't served its purpose in a very long time um, has a surprising question for us that I wanna I wanna end I wanna end on. What will the world miss if you don't tell your story? What will the world miss if you don't tell your story? To get unstuck, to move forward, involves sharing our story and how God has changed our life. that's what we got to do if we if we want to move forward if we want to get unstuck we we've got to we've got to have the courage to share our story and how god's made all the difference in the world in our life and what will you miss i mean what courage will you not receive what healing or help will you not receive if you don't if you don't share your story if you're not honest and vulnerable about that and the stakes are high what will the world miss if we as the body of Christ don't share our story? Who won't hear the gospel? Who won't hear a word of hope? And don't they deserve to hear that word from us? Will you pray with me? Holy God, we thank you so much for calling us to this place for changing our lives. God, equip us. We know that you provide for the faithful, that you call us, you equip us. We move in your power and you are gracious and generous in providing what we need, Lord. Help us not confuse your provision for your purpose. Help us step forward always into the purpose that you've called each and every one of us to serve in your kingdom. God, help us stay ready always to use our gifts for your glory. Remind us of the stakes, that there is work to be done for us. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.